السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him and all his companions To bless all the messengers who have been sent to us from the beginning of time, from the first man, right up to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah bless them all and grant them all goodness. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us as well as our offspring. And may He grant us every form of goodness and may He create ease for us in our lives. And may He protect us from every form of difficulty. Amen. Beloved brothers and sisters, we have been going through the life of one of the greatest prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Abraham may peace be upon him. And we went through most aspects of his life. There are a few aspects remaining and we would like to see some of his children and what the prayers that he made, the duas that he made, what was the result of these duas. To begin with, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, was a person who had great feeling for others. He never made dua that others should be punished. He always tried his best to make dua and to pray that they would be guided. One of them was his father. There was an occasion where his father had planned to burn him. And in fact, they threw him into the fire. And I'm drawing a comparison between the time when Ibrahim salam's father threw him into the fire in order to kill him. And on the other hand, when Ibrahim salam himself was sacrificing his own son now by the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you see the two? Both were fathers and both were sons. But on both occasions, we find that the help of Allah was with those who believed. There we are. So in the first instance, the father was at loss and Ibrahim alayhi salam who was a firm believer, the help of Allah came to him. And the second instance, they were both believers and they had both submitted. So they both had won and there was nobody besides shaitan that had lost. From this we learn that no matter what, definitely victory is for those who firmly believe. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was faced with battles, he spoke of what is known as Ihdal Husnayn. He says, Look, for us, we are believers. We have one of two good things that happen to us. Either we are victorious, in which case you will be losers. This is talking of the battles at the time of the Prophet. And we may, on the other hand, be martyred when we will be granted victory in the Akhirah. So we are in a win win situation always. This is what is known as Ihdal Husnayn. A mu'min does not cling to life to the degree that he forgets that no matter what he does, he has to go. This is why when it comes to organ transplant and so on, there are laws in the Sharia. If people make it a big business and they start killing people in order to steal organs to sell them to others, and they start buying and selling and it becomes a trade, it is totally prohibited. We are taught that rather die because as it is, you may be dying another five years down the line anyway. So why steal somebody else's kidney or why do something that might be prohibited whilst we are oppressing others? Yes, there are rules and regulations governing when it is permissible and when it is not. That is not our topic today. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us iman and to grant us belief. And this is why Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he had made a dua for his father. He says, Oh my father, I pray to Allah that he forgive you for all this you have engaged in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala later on reprimanded Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam or corrected him and said, you should not be making dua for him once you know that he is from the people who have chosen to die in the condition of disbelief when all the signs were clearly manifest in front of him. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's dua for his own father, it was on a condition 
on a condition that when he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if Allah allows it to pass, it will be passed. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not allow it to pass, it will not. And already he was told that that dua will not pass. Because this man being the father, having seen clear-cut signs, having known them, still he disagreed and he denied solely because he wanted to make money out of selling his idols and he wanted to remain in the position of control that he was in, in the society and community. And for that reason, he was cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, let's go a little bit further. When Ismail alayhi salam had married and he was in Mecca and we had mentioned yesterday that his father Ibrahim alayhi salam used to come and go. He used to be between the Arabian Peninsula, between Mecca and Asham. Asham meaning where Palestine is today. So as he used to come and go, one day it is reported and this is a correct narration. He came into Mecca, nobody knew who he was and he entered the house, he knocked on the door of Ismail alayhi salam to go and meet his son obviously. Lo and behold, there was a woman who answered the door. He looked at her and he asked her a few questions. He greeted her, she responded and he asked her, how is your condition? Where's your husband and what is he doing? And she complained one way to this man. Firstly, she didn't know who he was. Secondly, she began to complain. No, he leaves us here, he goes away and he, we don't really have much, you know, we're struggling and so on. There's hardly food and what have you. Now Ibrahim alayhi salam was on another level. And so was his son Ismail alayhi salam. They were those who submitted to Allah. They were those who surrendered to Allah. They did not have room in their lives for any contamination of that. Remember, when a mother does not know anything about Islam, there is a great likelihood that the children also will not know anything. And this is why the hadith says that you should marry someone who is deeply interested in the deen. And even if someone has reverted, alhamdulillah, for as long as they are deeply interested in the deen, there is hope for your children. But when we marry a person who is solely interested in the dunya, it will end with the dunya, the children will be interested more in the dunya than them. Every day it's about a car and a phone and clothes and malls and shops and, and eating out and so on and this burger from that place and that one from there and the pizza and the ice cream and what have you, the life of the children will be just the same. But when you have a mother whose main aim is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, we can enjoy the dunya within the limits. We are not saying don't go and buy, don't go and do this, don't go and eat. No, but you should remember primarily it is the pleasure of Allah. The children need to be interested in salah on a daily basis. It is presented in the most beautiful form. I always say, if we were to just present food in front of one another, or if our wives were to present food as it were, without any beautification, half of us would not eat. But you find a burger, mashallah, look at it. It's closed from the top, it's shaped nicely. It has beautiful little filling in the, in the center and it has a bit of lettuce and mash. I know it's Ramadan, but don't worry, you can eat as soon as you go out. <laughs> and it has the dripping sauce in there, whether it is mashallah, mustard sauce that somebody says there, or whether it is tomato sauce or what have you, it is presented beautifully, so it is made attractive, attractable and attractive to us. Why don't we do that to our deen where we make it beautiful so our children look at it as something irresistible? Because sometimes we are lazy to read our own salah. Mom, time for salah. Ah, hey, not now. I'll get up just now. Switch off the clock. Switch off the alarm. If that is going to be our way, then what do we expect of our children? They'll say, Mom, don't worry. You get up at eight. I didn't wake you up because yesterday you said, ah, switch it off. Allahu Akbar. It suited me fine. So we need to think of this very carefully. When Ibrahim alayhi salam heard this woman, he was upset. She didn't know who he is. How can you complain firstly to a stranger? Secondly, it was a blessing of Allah that she took what was inside out and at least presented it so that somebody got to know. And this was a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she was complaining about her own husband. Wallahi, when we have problems within the home, the first person you talk to is the person you have the problem with. You need to speak to them beautifully and see and you need to try and understand them and look at their aim in life and look at your aim in life. If you are heading in one direction, inshallah, there will be 
ability and there will be chance to rectify the problem. But if you are heading east and he is heading west, wallahi, you need to start walking. May Allah protect us all. We either divert course and walk in one direction or we have to part ways with goodness. So Ibrahim salam looks at the woman and says, tell him that there was a man who had come and he is saying salam upon him and he asks him to change his doorstep, the threshold of his door. Tell him, look, this threshold, he needs to change it. So she said, no problem. And he was gone. Before she could ask him, who are you? He was gone. Now Ismail came. When he came, look what the narration says. As he entered, he sensed that his father was here. He sensed it. You see the link between the father and the son is the link of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were connected with deen. My beloved brothers and sisters, the spirituality of every place is not the same. You enter some homes and you want to exit immediately. And you enter some homes and the spirituality is such that you feel like sitting and you are calm and relaxed. Let us make dua and pray to Allah and live our lives in such a way that our homes are inshallah peaceful homes full of nur, full of rahmah. So Ismail alayhi salam asked his wife, was somebody here? She said, oh yes, the man came. Who was he? I don't know who he was, but he was, you know, an, an elderly man. And she described a little bit of a description. And we can stop there for a moment to, to describe to you what was Ibrahim alayhi salam looking like. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a correct narration that when I went up in Mi'raj, I saw the Anbiya, the Prophets, and he described them one after the other. Until he says, I saw Ibrahim alayhi salam, the closest description for you is to look at me, and that is what Ibrahim alayhi salam looked like. Which means he looked at, he looked similar to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were from one lineage, and they looked alike. This is a sahih, correct narration. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is saying, we are lookalikes, myself and Ibrahim alayhi salam. And this is why they are both known also as Khalilain. Allah has taken both of them as the closest of friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she described his, the man and she said, this is what he looked like. So he asked a question, did he have any message? Yes, he passed you salams. And he said that you need to change the threshold of your door. Immediately he looked at her and said, that was my father instructing me to divorce you. You are the threshold, you're the one who answered the door when, he was, when I wasn't here. And he's telling me, I need to divorce you. And he told her, please go back home. Now where was she from? She was from Mecca. She was from the tribe of Jurhum. And Jurhum, they brought Ismail up. And they got him married. They loved him to bits. They got him married to one of them. Now, he did not bat an eyelid. Why? Look, there was one youngster asking me, so does that mean if my father tells me, divorce your wife, I need to obey? I told him, well, if he was Ibrahim and you were Ismail, then yes. <laughs> so you need to understand this. We are on another level altogether. Somewhere far, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us status. Sometimes our fathers need direction themselves. Where are we going to listen to them? May Allah grant us goodness. That having been said, it is our duty to obey our parents within what is correct, within what is decent, within what is reasonable, within, within what is within the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, as he had instructed his son, the son tells his wife, look, you can now go home, and this is what it is, and he was not blessed with any children there, and he sent her home, and Jurhum accepted her, and told him, don't worry, we get you married to another. Allahu Akbar. What do we learn? Today when a divorce happens, two tribes are at war. Two families are at war. People draw guns for each other. People stop speaking to each other. If there are children in the process, they are treated as weapons, wallahi, as tools to punish a third party altogether. And they are brought up warped with their minds lopsided on one side. Only Allah knows what punishment they are going through, what hell they are suffering in their hearts, solely because we do not have the heart to understand that divorce does occur. It might be abghadul halal, it's the worst thing, it is the last resort, but it is a point of mercy from Allah as well, to remove someone from an oppressive condition. There are some religions that teach you no divorce at all. You married, you're doomed. And there are other religions that teach you that you know what? It's nothing, you don't even have to marry. 
You can just live together. My partner, Allahu Akbar. Allah grant us goodness and understanding. In Islam, you marry, mashallah, the idea is to live forever. If something goes wrong, you try to resolve the matter. If you still cannot, you involve elders. When you involve elder people, you don't always have your way. You allow them to dictate to you how to resolve the matter. One of the reasons why our problems are not being solved, when we involve parties, we just make them a representative for us. That's it. Which means you go and fight my case. Like they are your lawyer going to the other party and fighting your case. No. Those must get together. They must decide the solution. They come to you and impose it on you and tell you this is the solution. You go by it. That's when the marriage works. So in this particular case, they were so happy. They knew that if this man says something, there has to be some reason behind it. And so did Ismail alayhi salam. He did not just follow his father for no reason. He knew that this is my father. He is a saint. He is a Nabi. And if a Nabi instructs me, there is nothing I can do. There you are. So any one of us instructed by a Nabi? The answer is no. So don't end up divorcing your wives just because this man told you and that one told you, no matter who they are. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to solve our matters. This is an eve in the month of Ramadan. We ask Allah, Ya Allah, help those who are going through marital turbulence solve their problems and crises. And help those who are living in bliss to live in even greater, even greater bliss. Help those who are not married to find spouses who will be the coolness of their eyes. MashaAllah. So he, Ibrahim salam went away and time continued. This man was married again to another woman from the same tribe and he lived. After some time, Ibrahim salam came back. Exactly the same thing. He knocked the door, the door was opened and a woman had asked him or he asked this woman after greeting her that, you know, how is your condition? What is happening here? And so on. And she said, no, Alhamdulillah. She didn't talk excessive talking with him. Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah on all conditions. That's it. And we are thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, this is the correct quality of a wife. Don't complain to third parties. Don't even talk to them details. If you tell someone the goodness you are in, they might become jealous of you. If you describe to someone what bliss you are in, they might envy you. They might plan your destruction. Shaitan might come to them and make them become so jealous of you. So don't just say Alhamdulillah. If you have a crisis or two also, there are people whom you will tell them, yeah, I had a fight last night. And what will happen? For three years, they will continue telling people, these two are on the rocks. <laughs> on the rocks. And you solve your problem the very next day. And then she will tell you after you manage to find the source of the rumor, that, but didn't you tell me you had a problem? Well, that was one issue we had the other night. I cleared my throat and he woke up from his sleep and that's it. All I did is I made sure he went to sleep again and we, our problem was solved. So this is why we need to be intelligent. We need to make sure, don't discuss your matters with anyone, no one. Make sure they are extremely genuine and it is necessary for you to tell them, then you tell them. Otherwise, neither good nor bad. Have a habit of saying, Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Wa na'udhu billahi min hali ahli nar. We thank Allah on every condition and we seek His protection from the condition of those who are going to be cast in the fire. That's what we should be saying all the time. So Ibrahim alayhi salam looked at this woman and he tells her, give him my regards, pass him my salam, and tell him he should maintain the threshold. He should maintain the doorstep. Allahu Akbar. So when Ismail alayhi salam came back, he felt that his father was there. He asked, what did anyone visit? She said, yes. She described the man. But this time, when he asked, what did he say? She said, well, he said, I should give you salam and you should maintain your threshold, meaning the doorstep, keep it. So he said, that was my father telling me to keep you as a wife. You're a good woman. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the coolness of our eyes in our families, our offspring, in our parents and our family members. And may He make us united as a Muslim ummah. So that is an interesting story that also occurred and we learned a few lessons from it, from the life of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Then we have the dua that Ibrahim alayhi salam made. When you find it and you read it in the Quran, it is amazing. Look. He surrendered to Allah every single time and he used to make dua. We read yesterday 
that Ibrahim alayhi salam, as he was building the Kaaba, he was saying, Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim. One of the duas, oh Allah, accept it from us, from the two of us. You are indeed all hearing, all knowing. And he also continued saying, Rabbana waja'alna muslimayni lak, O oh Allah, make us from amongst those who surrendered to you at all times. Make the two of us those who surrendered to your command at every time. وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمَةً لك. And from our progeny, from our offspring, make a nation that will be surrendering to you, Ya Allah. Then he made a very important dua. وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا What is the meaning of أَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا? Show us how you want to be worshipped, Ya Allah. Through revelation, show us how you want to be worshipped. You've instructed me to build a house. You've done this. There's the rock here that is Hajar Aswad. There is the maqam here that is there. And there is so much that you've asked me to do, Ya Allah. You tell me how do you want me to worship you. Arina manasikana. Show us the way of worshipping you. وَتُبَ عَلَيْنَا and forgive us. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ You are most forgiving, most merciful. From this we learn that all acts of worship are prohibited besides those which are taught by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the law of the sharia. All ibadat, anything that you want to consider an act of worship will not be an act of worship unless it was specifically revealed and sent down. Why? Because even Ibrahim alayhi salam knew that we cannot worship Allah how we want, in a way that suits us. We have to worship Allah how He dictates. We have to do it how He wants. So He will tell us, Fajr, this time, this many rak'ah, this is what you will read and this is what will happen. And you need to be in this condition of wudu, and this is what wudu means, and this is what ghusl means. And dhuhr, this is what it means. And this, this is what it means. And so on. And you will do this and do that. So Allah showed Ibrahim alayhi salam away. Allah revealed to him a certain act of worship. What was that? Allah tells Ibrahim alayhi salam, Announce the pilgrimage. I want everyone to follow your footsteps. Announce the pilgrimage in the people. Tell them they have to come to this sacred place. And this is what they will do. And Allah taught him the pilgrimage. What to do? And you will find they will come on every lean camel from every valley and from very, very far away. They will all come. Ibrahim alayhi salam, no loud hailer to begin with. Forget about the internet and the telephone and so on, and television and what have you, all this media, nothing, no newspaper. He was in a valley all alone with a few people, a little community. He had just built the house of Allah. And Allah tells him, just get up and make an announcement. You don't worry, it's up to us to carry that. To this day, it is impossible to cater for the number of people who want to go for Hajj to the degree that there has to be a quota in place. Imagine only two to three million can go for Hajj. That is the Hajj that was announced by whom? Begin with Ibrahim alayhi salam. And they did Hajj from that time. Although later on, they had changed some of the items and they had put idols and they had done this and they had engaged in shirkiyat and they started doing what Allah did not reveal. As Allah says, Allah did not reveal any authority for them to, to engage in those acts of worship that he did not send down. But when Ibrahim alayhi salam called, the people began to come. Such that today we taste the fruit of this verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us. When we speak of quotas, we all know that on the globe, close on to 2 billion Muslims. Close on to 2 billion Muslims. From them, only 2 to 3 million can make Hajj at any given time. For now at least. Although they are trying to expand. But... How many want to go? I would like to think maybe two to three hundred million might want to go. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. This is called acceptance of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah loved him so much. Allah told him, 
Don't worry, everything will happen now. You just make the call and continue. This is why we learn from this. Totally different example. When you do the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't worry how many people are sitting in your program. Don't worry if people are blocking others from coming to the program. Don't worry if anything negative is happening. For as long as you are sincere, Allah knows those whom He has chosen will benefit from what He wants them to benefit from. So even if there's one person in front of you, it is more than enough. It will continue. Allah will grant it continuation. And Allah will grant it growth. This is why Allah says regarding the kuffar, يُرِيدُونَ لِيُطْفِئُوا نُورَ اللَّهِ بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَاللَّهُ مُتِمُّ نُورِهِ وَلَوْ كَرِيهَ الْكَافِرُونَ They want to extinguish the nur of Allah with their mouths. Allah says Allah refuses but to complete the nur. The nur will definitely complete whether they're disbelievers or whoever else wants to extinguish it. It will continue growing. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us growth. Ibrahim alayhi salam announced the hajj and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him how to fulfill this and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him how to worship him and this is why with us never engage in an act of worship that was not taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because if we do that we will have drifted from the millah of Ibrahim alayhi salam from the deen that Allah has asked us to follow Allah says I will show you how to worship me here it is this is why the Sahaba radiallahu anhum used to sit with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and ask him, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you taught us this, now we'd like to know this and we'd like to know that and he would teach them. And as he taught them, they reenacted. And this is what was known as ibadah. So we should remember, any act of worship, it needs to be done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it needs to be done exactly how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did it. And I like to tell people who ask questions, is this allowed? Is that allowed? Is this allowed? Look, there are thousands of things that are not disputed in the whole ummah, not disputed. Why don't we engage in all of those things that are not disputed before we enter territory where people might tell us, you're wrong. That's a very logical explanation, logical way of looking at things. I'd rather do the five salah, read the Qur'an, read the adhkar, do whatever I have to, do whatever the whole ummah agrees with my psalm, with my zakah, with my hajj and what have you, the whole ummah agrees. I will not have enough time to enter territory where people are telling me, brother, what you're doing is a bid'ah. I won't even have time because I'm so occupied with that which is confirmed correct that I don't have any other time. But when we start engaging, in things that are disputed, things that people will debate with us about and so on. What will happen? We will occupy our time with that which is less important. It's like they say when there is a pot and you have rocks, you have sand and you have stones. What do you put first? If you put the sand first, you're not going to get the rocks in. But you put the rocks in, then you put in the stones and shake it a bit. They'll find their way in the gaps. Then you put in the sand and shake it a bit more. Everything fits in the pot. So the same way we all have a capacity. If you are filling your capacity with that which is disputed, you're not going to have the chance to fulfill that which is not disputed. Common logic. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding as He granted Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his offspring. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about some of the books that He revealed to Ibrahim. We know that there are some books revealed to Musa, the Torah. And the books revealed to Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah speaks about them and calls them the books or the suhuf, a sahifa, the parchments, the scrolls, the revelations that were given to Ibrahim and to Moses, to Abraham and Moses, may peace be upon them both and all the Anbiya. Now we don't have that scripture with us, but the Quran makes mention of some of what it contained. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'la, one of the things that is mentioned in the book given to Ibrahim, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Behold, you are giving preference to this world, yet the life after death is better and it is everlasting. This Allah says we wrote it in the book that we gave Ibrahim. And it's repeated for us in the Qur'an. Amazing. So we do know there was a book and we also have some of what was written. There is much more than this which is mentioned in the Quran. I've only given an example. Another very interesting point. Who is the one who gave us the name Muslim? What is the meaning of the term Muslim? We spoke about it. It is 
a submitter, one who submits. Who gave us this name? It was Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah says in the Quran, This is the religion of your forefather, Ibrahim, the religion of submission. He is the one who named you submitters before. He is the one who named you submitters. Now there was a dispute between the Jews and the Christians at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Some were saying, no, Ibrahim was a Jew. And the others were saying, no, he was a Christian. And there was a debate. Each one is claiming that they are closer and more deserving to Abraham. So Allah answers their questions with so much beauty in the Quran. Look at the stages Allah says. Allah says, those who are most deserving of Abraham, those who have the greatest claim to Abraham, may peace be upon him, are those who follow him in his submission. And this Nabi who is here, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the believers, which means the Nabi and the believers have followed him in the submission. So they are the most deserving when it comes to the claim over Abraham, because they surrender to their maker and they worship their maker alone. Now the Jews and the Christians continued saying, no, 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 he was from us. And these said, no, he's from us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds in a beautiful way. مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يَهُودِيًّا وَلَا نَصْرَانِيًّا وَلَكِنْ كَانَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ You should know that Ibrahim was neither Jewish nor Christian. He was a submitter to the Creator. And he never ever associated partners with his own maker and Creator. And the word submitter happens to be Muslim. So he was Muslim. In that he was a submitter. Subhanallah. And over and above that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He places the final nail by saying, Ya ahlal kitabi, O people of the book, Lima tuhajjuna fi Ibrahim. Why are you disputing about where Abraham belonged? وَمَا أُنزِلَتِ التَّوْرَاتُ وَالْإِنْجِيلُ إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِهِ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ You want to call him Jew or Christian, but the Torah and the Bible were only revealed after him. So don't you have brains? Allahu Akbar. You're calling him Jewish, but the Torah was revealed after him. You're calling him Christian, but the Bible was revealed after him. So Allah says, don't you have the sense to understand? He was a submitter, which means his whole beauty was that he never associated a partner with his maker. Why don't you do the same? And this is why in those verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, call the people of the book, call all the Christians, call all the Jews and tell them, Ya ahla al-kitabi ta'alaw ila kalimatin sawa'in baynana wa baynakum Alla na'buda illa Allah wa la nushrika bihi shay'a Wa la yattakhida ba'duna ba'dan arbaban min dunillah Invite them by saying, O people of the book, come closer to us Come and let's join ranks on one common word between us that none of us should worship any besides our maker alone without associating partners with him at all. And none of us should believe that any one of us should be worshiping one another. Don't worship one another. Don't worship a human. Don't worship a prophet. Don't worship a saint. Don't worship a messenger. Don't know. Worship Allah alone. And that's it. And that's the word that Allah tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to invite the Jews and the Christians with. And we are inviting them with exactly the same word. Come to the common word that which is between us and you. Worship your maker alone and nobody else. And Allah says, if they still do not want, then you should just say, we bear witness that we are the submitters. We have submitted. 
We will never worship people. We will never worship Jesus, may peace be upon him. We will never worship prophets. We will never worship, render any act of worship for a stick or a stone or any sun or the moon. No, only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was a beautiful, beautiful way of explaining. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us all. And he tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well. After calling Ibrahim alayhi salam with one of the most powerful words that he could have been called with. He says, follow his example. Listen to what Allah says. Inna Ibrahim kana ummah. Ibrahim himself was an ummah. Look at the word used. What is the meaning of ummah? Ummah is referring to two things. It refers to leadership. He was a leader. He was a powerful leader. And ummah also means he was a nation in the sense that he had so much goodness that he was the founding pillar of entire nations to come after him. And on top of that, his sincerity and his monotheism was so powerful that it was equivalent to all the others who came after him, subhanallah, from his people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then we reveal to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, follow this pure, pristine path of Abraham. May peace be upon him. For indeed, he was not from amongst those who associated partners with us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again praises Ibrahim alayhi salam in the Quran. Allah says, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِّمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا Who can there be better in religion than the one who has surrendered to his own God? The one who has submitted to Allah and he has followed the pristine path of Abraham, may peace be upon him, without associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, Hence, Allah took Ibrahim as a Khalil, as a close friend. Because of all that he did. And look at the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The praise of Ibrahim by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is great. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then Ibrahim made du'as to us. And we answered them one after the other. He made a du'a. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا Oh Allah, grant security in this place. Today there is safety in Mecca, subhanallah. He says, make this city, this town, very secure, very safe. MashaAllah, it is very safe. Safe in comparison to other places of the globe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us security. And also, it is known as a haram. Haram meaning prohibited to engage in sin. Prohibited to engage in certain items in that particular territory. Prohibited to kill insects and animals unnecessarily in that particular territory. They are all in peace because of the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So when Ibrahim says, Ya Allah, make this a peaceful place, Allah prohibited all of us from harming any creatures or anyone there. Whoever sins in Mecca has or will receive a greater sin than the same sin being committed elsewhere on the globe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from sin and may He forgive our sins. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He says, Oh Allah, save myself and save my offspring, my children from worshipping idols. For indeed these idols have led a lot of people astray. O oh Allah, whoever follows me, they are from me. And whoever does not follow, Ya Allah, you are most forgiving. Look at what he said. Whoever does not follow, Ya Allah, you are most forgiving. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard the dua. So therefore, Allah makes mention of something interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when Allah responded Ibrahim, Allah said, I will grant you all the goodness, I will give you the produce, I will give you every form of goodness, and for those who follow you as well. 
As for those who disbelieve, I will give them a chance. I will give them respite. I will give them goodness in this world. They may receive a lot of good in the world. Whoever turns to me turns. Whoever doesn't, then they will be subjected to severe punishment if they don't turn before their point of death. So our call, firstly to all of us, and then to those who are not Muslim, we need to turn to our maker and submit to the one who created us alone before we die. So when we pray, we say, Oh, you who made me, you alone do I put my head on the ground for. Oh, you whom I'm going to return to, have mercy upon me the day I return to you. We do not risk anything in Islam. In Islam, no risks. I don't say, Oh man, oh stone, oh person, oh prophet. No, I say, Oh Allah. Ya Allah, when I return to you, grant me goodness. I am putting my head on the ground for you alone. This is the power of Ibrahim's call. And shaitan has come after that to divert people away from this. So he diverted the Christians and he diverted so many other people. They began to worship people and they began to worship others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So Ibrahim alayhi salam makes another dua. And he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala firstly praises him. Allah says, Ibrahim, shakiran li an'umi. He was a person who was always thankful. He was never ungrateful. No matter what condition we kept him on, he was thankful. Allah says, ijtabahu wahadahu ila siratim mustaqim. Allah chose him and Allah guided him to the right path. So this is why we need to ask Allah to guide us. Guidance is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can hear a powerful talk. And we leave here saying it's a powerful talk. Hey, today I heard a lack of speech, mashallah. That's where it stops. If that's the case, what guidance did we get from it? Did my life change because I heard a powerful talk? If it changed, now we are speaking. Even if we don't tell anyone we heard a powerful talk, but our lives changed, now we have achieved something. But if it hasn't changed, we will hear talk after talk, eloquence upon eloquence, and still we won't change. We will continue saying good talk, good talk, good talk, and that's where it will stop. When we die also, we'll be talking good. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. So Allah says, We gave him goodness in this world. And, And even in the akhirah, we have taken him as those who are salih, those who are pure to enter into the akhirah on the highest of levels. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ibrahim alayhi salam always made dua for his children. Whenever Allah granted him something, he says, Ya Allah, what about my children? What about my offspring? From the time before he had children. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذِ بِتَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُمْ قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا When Allah tested Ibrahim alayhi salam, he passed all the tests. So Allah says, Oh Ibrahim, I appoint you as an imam, as a leader. What did he say? Qala wa min Ya Allah, what about my family? What about my children? You made me an imam. I want them also to be imams. So look what Allah says. Allahu Akbar. Allah speaks about the progeny now of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ أَوْ وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَئِمَّةً يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا We made them also imams. We made them also leaders who were calling towards us. وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِمْ فِعْلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ وَإِقَامَ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِنْتَاءَ الزَّكَاةِ And we revealed to them to do good and to enjoin that which is good. And to give out charities and to fulfill their prayers. These were some of the things that Allah revealed upon the children of Ibrahim. Now a question might arise. The question is, so who were the offspring? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Ya Ibrahim, the gift we want to give you is two things, we'll keep it in your family. Prophethood and revelation in your family. The books that will come down, your family, all of them. And the messengers, your family. So Allah tells us in the Quran, the names of some of these children of Ibrahim, whom he had chosen. Do you want to hear these names so beautifully? They are just written out, Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
ووهبنا له إسحاق ويعقوب. You had two names, isn't it? Subhanallah. Allah says we granted him a gift of Ishaq and Yaqub. Ismail is coming just now. The name will come. He was also a child. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Kullan hadayna." We guided them all. وَنُوحًا هَدَيْنَا مِن قَبْلُ Just like we had guided Noah before then. So Nuh alayhi salam was the father. Ibrahim alayhi salam was from the family of Nuh. And now we find Allah's made mention of two names. Ishaq and Yaqub. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِهِ دَاوُودَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ وَأَيُّوبَ وَيُوسُفَ وَمُوسَى وَهَارُونَ Look at the names, one after the other. Moses, Aaron, so on, so on. Allahu Akbar, may Allah's peace be upon them. It doesn't stop there. Allah gives us a break so we can rest. Allahu Akbar, we can take a breath. Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ That is how we re- recompense those who do good. Which means we keep the deen in their progeny. You find the strong alim of deen, his children will also be ulama. And his grandchildren will also be ulama. For as long as they are serving the deen, their children will continue serving the deen. That is Allah. And, the, and it, it continues. Another four names, Allah gives us a break. They were all pious. وَإِسْمَاعِيلَ وَالْيَسَعَ وَيُونُسَ وَلُوطًا Allahu Akbar. Look at all the names. One after the other. They're just being recited. Allah is telling Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, here you are. Everything is set. When we instructed you, you surrendered without ever batting an eyelid. Now you look what will happen for you. This is a lesson for us. Allah tests you one, two, three, four. He tests you one after the other. Big, big tests. When you surrender once, twice, three times. Don't start saying, oh, someone did magic on me. That's why this is happening. No, it is Allah. He's testing you. When you pass all those tests, Allah will fling open those doors in such a way that you won't even know. Allahu Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after that, it's not stopped. The names might have stopped, but Allah says, وَمِنْ آبَائِهِمْ وَذُرِّيَّاتِهِمْ وَإِخْوَانِهِمْ وَاجْتَبَيْنَاهُمْ وَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ From their parents, from their children, from their brethren, we guided them, we chose them, we showed them the right path. So not only those names, but all their families, a lot of them, Allah says we guided them because Ibrahim alayhi salam's effort. And his sacrifice. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ عِبَادَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْحَاقَ وَذْكُرْ عِبَادَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْحَاقَ وَيَعْقُوبَ أُولِي الْأَيْدِي وَالْأَبْصَارِ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make mention of Ibrahim, Ishaq and Yaqub, who were granted lots of power, and they were granted lots of foresight. Allah says, we chose them. We chose them. And this is why in the Quran, right at the beginning in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, Allah has chosen Adam. And he chose Nuh and the progeny. And he chose the family of Abraham. And he chose the family of Imran. May peace be upon them all. Allah chose them over and above all of mankind. So it's Allah who chooses. And this is why Allah speaks about jealousy. People today are jealous. Someone is an alim, they're jealous. Someone has wealth, they're jealous. Someone has goodness, they're jealous. Someone has any form of something positive, people become jealous. So Allah says, jealousy. Do you want to know whom we bestowed the most? You think you know what jealousy is all about? أَمْ يَحْسُدُونَ النَّاسَ عَلَى مَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Are they being jealous with the normal and ordinary people regarding the virtue that Allah has given them? Allah says, hang on, we want to tell you what we gave someone else. فَقَدْ آتَيْنَا آلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَآتَيْنَاهُمْ مُلْكًا عَظِيمًا The family of Abraham. We gave them all three things that you could ever be jealous about. What are the three things? We gave them Al-Kitab, which means we revealed books to them. We gave them revelation, we kept it in them. Now let's see, who wants to speak about jealousy? 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we gave them hikmah, we gave them the wisdom, we gave them the path. Look at Ibrahim, how he spoke to the people, how he conveyed the message. Look at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the family of Ibrahim, how he conveyed the message sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we gave them in the family of Abraham, mulkan azeeman. We gave them lots and lots of not only property, but even authority. Take a look at David and Solomon, Dawood and Sulaiman, may peace be upon them. They were prophets and they were kings at the same time. Subhanallah. They were from the family of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam. So Allah says, look at what we gave them. So don't be jealous, ask Allah. Allah is the owner. By you being jealous of someone, it's not going to come to you. If that was the case, we'd all be looking hard at the Raymond wheel of that man, mashallah. Look at it and suddenly you find it in your hand, mashallah. If that was the case, we'd look at everybody's vehicles as well. Driving next to the guy with a Bugatti. And you just stare at it and next thing you feel like you in it. Allahu Akbar. If that was the case, that would be the system. Allah says, no, you want one, ask Allah. Work towards it, you will achieve it. You want Allah's pleasure spiritually? Ask Allah, work towards it, you will achieve it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. Then we have the death of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He passed away. And it is reported and recorded that he passed away in an area in Palestine, which is today known as Al-Khalil. It is known as Al-Khalil, also known as Hebron. And where he passed away, he was buried. He was kafan, enshrouded by his own children and buried there, subhanallah. Then there are the two children of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Ismail and Ishaq. The older one is Ismail, may peace be upon him. The younger one is Ishaq. Not much has been mentioned in the Quran about both of them besides the story of Ismail alayhi salam prior to him having been granted prophethood by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, Allah makes mention of very few qualities of him. I'd like to make mention of them today so that tomorrow we can commence with the Prophet Lut inshallah. Allah says, in the verses we read this evening in Taraweeh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَاعِيلِ Make mention of the Prophet Ismail in the book. إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ He was very, very truthful to his promise. He used to fulfill his promises and his appointments. وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا And he was sent and he was also granted scriptures. وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ وَكَانَ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ مَرْضِيًّا He used to constantly remind his family members to fulfill salah and to purify themselves, giving charity. And he was one whom Allah was pleased with. So these are, this is what is made mention of Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. As for Ishaq alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah makes mention of him where he speaks about the Prophet Jacob and where he speaks about the fact that he was the father of Jacob, Ya'qub alayhi salatu wasalam. And Jacob, Ya'qub may peace be upon him, had children. From amongst them was Joseph, Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. So Allah makes mention of how Ibrahim had a son who was a Nabi, had another son who was a Nabi, had a son who was a Nabi. So Yusuf alayhi salam had a very, very high lineage because he was a Nabi, son of a Nabi, son of a Nabi, son of a Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness until we meet again. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.